Good morning, everybody. My name is Didier, the short version of my name is Didier Kashinda. Oh, that French guy again. It's all my fault. He invited me. <laughs> so it's good to be here. I love being here. I love the atmosphere. I love the worship here. It's so intimate. And we can really get... Sometimes I think the worship should be like two hours. Sermon like mine, just one minute, and then we go. <laughs> so if you have your Bible, in whatever format you have it, iPad, iPhone, or the natural, the low-tech printed Bible, or the book of Eli, for those who know, right in the brain. Let's open it. Psalm 121. Yesterday I took the time to listen to what you already had here in the series of the psalm. Big mistake. Now I think that I have to rise my level to catch up with you. That's stressful. So, Psalm 129. A song of ascent. Verse 1. I will lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or nor sleep. Verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shed. On your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day. Nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you. From evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out. And your coming in. From this time forth. And forever more. Amen. So Lord we pray. That in this time. You will open up our hearts and our understanding that we may receive, not the words of man, but your word. I want to receive my word for my life today. And I believe that you're speaking to me. Let your heart be poured out in this place, your love and your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So... For those who have been in vacation and gone somewhere, welcome back, Norm. <laughs> so, you know, in our culture here, we always associate the summer season with vacation, travels. People often ask, how was your summer? Where did you go? Remember, the, just think about it. The first time I was in Germany, coming from Africa, they asked me, how was your summer? Where did you go? I said, what do you want me to go? I just came in. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a time to relax. A time to have fun. A time to have family and friends outdoors. To try some crazy things. Like if your, your heartbeat can get to 300 or 400 some, for some reason. But if for some reason you didn't have any fun, uh, didn't go anywhere, it's not a problem. Just stepping outside in your backyard or walking in your neighborhood park is totally worth it. You know, with what's coming, the, the weather we're going to get, man, I'm telling you. Even coming to church, 
walking, it's worth it. But you know what? You still have plenty of time to plan for your trip, summer trip this year. You can plan it for next year. Because winter is coming <laughs> in a few weeks. Vacation is good, but sometimes even the best plans don't work. You get luggages lost like we did. You get all kind of stuff happening. You miss your train or your, your plane. All those things happening. Although that, that happened, it's part of just, that's life. That's our life. We just came back from Montreal, actually. I went from Montreal for the first time. We had a wedding. A lot of food. A lot of, there was not cold drink. It was hot. Cold drink, ah, very low. So we had to drink a lot of pop. Drinks and sodas. And When we got back, the doctor granted me. No sugar diet. So right now, I'm already tired right now. If I fall down, stop him. I don't have demons. I'm just low calorie. I'm just fainting. <laughs> so what happens in, during those times where we travel, where we go, often, often we relax maybe too much. We forget our routines. We forget our time of prayer, our Bible study, because we're just somewhere else. We get shuffled all over the place and we don't have time to keep up with what we usually have. But I, get, get, I have good news for you. God doesn't take vacation on us. He's always there. He will never abandon his position. In fact, he inspired this psalm for this type of circumstances. The psalm, 185 is one of the 15 psalms that's called the psalm, Songs of Ascent. Tr sung by travelers as they went to Jerusalem for worship. Or when they were on their way on the steps of the temple to go up. These are one of those psalms. Something that David wrote this psalm for travelers going to the temple. Which might be the best guess right here. One other thing that it's just because David, in his life, his life journey, he had so many troubles that every time he had to go out, he had to pray the Lord for protection. Yet some other things that it's just travel in general, going out or coming in because that's how the psalm ends. Either way, no matter the context, no matter what the real reason why this psalm was written, I believe it reflects what we live in. It applies to our lives today, especially in this season. So whether you are physically traveling for a short time or moving to a new place, or you have life challenges, you are going through a season and you're traveling through that time and you want to get somewhere. Or even when you made, up a, you, you made up your mind to go and seek the Lord, to go to the mountain, to find and meet the Lord, deep psalm is for you. Like every other psalm, the psalm 121 was written based on real experiences. The author is talking about real situation he lived and how God came through, through those times. And because it's real, so it can apply in your life and mine today.
Like every psalm, this one also glorifies and magnifies the Lord through the situation of our lives that we experience every day. And as the psalmist, our response to what we live should be like him, praise and worship. Like every other psalm, this one requires faith in order to experience the same blessing he had. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I hope you brought your faith today with you. Because we're going to need it to get this blessing. The Psalm 129 starts with a question that we can all identify with. The question that we already asked at least once in our life. Or maybe you're currently asking this question. Verse 1. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? In other versions they say, Shall I look at the mountains? Is there where my help is coming from? This is a deep and critical question. This is a cry of a traveler. Looking for help, for strength. To get to the destination. Maybe. Especially when you have to go up to the mountains on a no-sugar diet, like me. You faint in the You need strength. Whenever I sit sometimes on my desk at 8 o'clock, I want to start to work. I'm already tired because I know the load of work that I have in front of me is just killing me. Are you in a situation where you look at your future you look at the goals you need to achieve. It's not something you can or cannot. You have to achieve those things. But you just don't have the strength. I want to tell you today that the Lord is there for you. This is a trip. This is a time where you're traveling through your life. And God is there for you. Maybe the traveler needs security. Especially those going out going to Jerusalem. They're bringing money, silver, gold. Offerings, and often there were danger laying along the, the way. I want to tell you that when you get close to your blessing, when you get close to your breakthrough, there's always a lot of battle. You need God's protection. If that's you, you are on the travel, on the path that we're talking about today. He might be needing clarity, visibility. Because since he has been on the way, path may have changed. You know, constructions. Like uh, you travel somewhere, the GPS tells you turn right. You look at a construction. What am I talking about? <laughs> there's construction, there's no road here. <laughs> turn right. I say turn right, and then you gloves off. You start to respond with your GPS. Yeah, it's sometimes hard. You work, you patient with people. You don't see any outcome. They don't change. The more you patient, the crazy they get. There's no slow. How long am I gonna do this? How long? You don't see the end. You are in, on the road on a trip that you don't see the end for. But I wanna tell you this: the Lord is with you, and He wrote this psalm just for you. You might need direction, because sometimes we get lost. I get lost even in the place I know. 
since I have kids. And the, the more they grow, I kind of lose my way all the time, especially when we go in Fargo or Minneapolis. I know the hotel. I've been there 10,000 times. But they're being screaming. The GPS turn left and you turn right on the wrong way and one, one, one way direction. And then you stop and say, Are you Canadian? He might need help for a refuge. Some people leave someplace to a travel. They travel because they need refuge. They need a place to stay. They're escaping a situation where they came from. And the Lord, I didn't have this point in my message. But this morning, the Lord printed on my heart that there's some people here. There might be someone. You are trying to escape something that happened in your past, your close past. You're moving far. You're going somewhere. You want to leave the past. The friends that you had, the people you met, because of things that happened, you are living. You are, you are on a travel, trying to find a refuge. And this is the word of God for you. If you find a refuge in me, you'll be safe. You don't have to run anymore. The Lord says to you, they will come and fight against you. They will not overcome you. Because I am with you, says the Lord. Are you looking for a refuge today? Don't run anymore. You can sit in the presence of God. The psalm, in this psalm, the traveler looks for help. Where can I find strength or security or direction? Or whatever the situation was. Can the mountains provide me that security? He's answering himself to his question with this declaration. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Not the hills, but above the hills at the throne of grace. This is why I call my message today, Above the Hills. We're looking above those hills. I see two things happening, two looks here. In this message. One is the look. The eyes of the traveler looking for help. And the second. Is the, the eyes of God. Watching over the, the traveler. First point. The eyes of the. The eyes that look. The eyes that looks or looking for help. Verse 1. Says I lift my eyes to the hills. The mountain. Where does my help come from? This is a profound statement. You know in terms of trouble. We usually look at someone stronger than us, like in school. I used to get beaten up because I was small, and I was looking to my uncle. He was like that big. Either you're looking for someone healthier than you, like the bank, your credit card, stronger, higher, more knowledgeable. That's the reflex that we have. And this is what the Bible calls the mountains. Mountains was a, were a symbol of high position, security, power, strength, stability in ancient time. It was safe places. In ancient Israel, in fact, they built cities on top of a mountain or on the sides. Because it provided natural walls. So they didn't have to build too much. They had the mountains. Against the enemy. 
It's also a strategic spot to see the enemy coming from the valleys. Adding walls to the, the edges of the mountain made it hard for the enemy to come in. Actually, Israel didn't have chariots for a long time. So they had to build cities on the mountains because it made it hard for Egyptians and the other ones to, get, uh, get, uh, to come and get them from there. And something new that I learned, they always choose. They chose a mountain where there was a spring of water. Because when they are on the siege, they will always have water. And they could shut down the source of water so that the enemy will thirst and leave forsake for, for their position. That's something I learned. In Africa, we know that you know the position of the chief by the house where he built it. They always build houses for the chief on mountains. And you cannot sit with the chief on the same level. His seat is always a little higher. And you'll see even today that in some part of Africa, they always ban when they, they greet the chief. It's respect. We love that. Every soldier will tell you that being on a higher level gives you advantage. When you're on a mountain, you have advantage over your enemies. Okay. Some of us will not understand unless I say this. Put it this way. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Obi-Wan was on a mountain. He told him, Anakin, don't do it. Did they listen? No. He jumped. You know what happened? He lost his, his legs and his arm. He became the Darfur that we know. Eh? So now, <laughs> this is the mountains. <laughs> now that every nation and every generation understand what I'm talking about, <laughs> let me say that every mountain, all those hills, all the mountains, the security that we know, they have a flaw. As eternal as, eternal as they were considered, they had a flaw somewhere. History shows that all those big cities, they fell down one day. Either by earthquake, precipitation, whatever, even war. The most secure hills were taken out one day. Much like the first day I saw my dad's bus. You know, in those days, I felt my dad was the, the strongest. He used to be a soldier, so he was tall, big. He was the strongest man. Until I saw him with his boss. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. And the boss was short and skinny. He was like, what is this, bro? Yeah, I'll bring it tomorrow. So I said, what? Oh, mon Dieu, what's happening right there? The mountain fire. Knowing that the traveler doesn't look at the mountain for help. He looks above. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He doesn't look to the creation. He looked at the creator. He doesn't look to the instrument for his security. But the one who establishes the hills and gives them a purpose. If the mountains fell today, God is still powerful enough to save us without the mountains. All that happens in the world is change. In business we say... That the only constant, the most reliable thing that we know is change. 
So why would I rely on things that are moving, that are changing and dying? In 2008, we know that when you had that big word, financial crisis, people died in shock because they never thought that something as solid as that could ever collapse. I have a Christian friend. She, I met her in the bus early in the morning in Germany. She was crying. I said, why are you crying? And she said, uh, because I just learned this morning that the sun is losing every day part of her, its brilliance. In a couple thousand years, there's not going to be any sun. And she got depressed. This is what happened when you look at the hills. You get depressed because they're all going to fail one day. My dad in December 2016, so last year, he gave his life to Christ and he got what was like a normal infection. He got to the hospital. He made plans for Christmas. He never came back home. He thought because it's normal, he's a soldier, so that's just a little infection. But even our strength, our beauty, whatever we have, we'll fade one day. So let me ask you a question today. Why are your eyes looking for help today? Why are you looking for hope? Every day you turn on the TV early in the morning, you'll be disappointed. If Facebook is your place of hope and comfort, that somebody liked your post that you posted yesterday, uh, let me tell you, they usually look at him, hey, she got so big, like, they're always going to like your stuff. Is it true? No. You're relying on moving sands. Let me encourage you today to lift your eyes above the mountains where the help is coming from. The Psalm 11 verse 3 says, If or when the foundation are destroyed, what can the righteous do? When your foundation are destroyed, when your finances are destroyed, you know, I had a big project. I had a lot of money. It was really, it was looking good in my bag until I had my basement flooded. And the insurance sent me a little letter with that character in bold. Water slippage are not covered. I took that paper, almost ate it, and I said, okay, no, it's not good. I had to pay everything. When your foundations are destroyed, when your life is destroyed, what are you going to do? Your foundations are your hills. Psalm 20, verse 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Proverbs 16 verse 1 says, The plans of the heart belongs to the man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Paul says something very profound. In 2 Corinthians 18, he says, As we, Christians, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the reality. So how do I apply this to my life today? 
Should I drop all my Tylenol and my doctor appointment and trust just like this? Stay close to your Tylenol, I tell you. Because by the time I'm done here, my perfect British accent here with a Scandinavian intonation is going to ring in your ears and you're going to need that Tylenol. And one, every time after that, they ask you, how was the service? Ah, that French guy. I need a Tylenol. You need it. Consider all that is in front of you like tools, instruments that God has placed in front of you for your blessing. Your car, your house, those are instruments. You don't rely on them. Although I tend to rely on my truck, but I rely on the Lord Almighty. I tend, I said, to rely on my truck. Until one day I went to the state, I was confused because I had a project, there was compatibility issues. Because in Canada we have the French and English in, uh, in our system. And they don't, so it was crashing. So I was, I say, these Americans, they don't want to do something. So I went there, I want to put some gas in it. In Canada, gas is the black pipe. <laughs> right there, that's diesel. <laughs> so I took the pipe, I, said, I tried to put it in, it doesn't even get in. I said, those Americans, they don't even do something standard. It doesn't even work. So I forced it to put gas in it. Until I started the car, I said, let me go just back in Canada. And I saw, as soon as I started driving in the highway, all the gears, they went. I said, oops. That was diesel. (laughs) What you're looking at will affect your actions and faith. In 2 Kings, verse 6, it tells us the story of the king of Syria. He came to arrest Elisha. And his servant went out and saw the army that was outside on the mountains. He got scared. Because what you're looking at will scare you or will give you hope. Elijah came and prayed and said, God, open his eyes. And as soon as he did, he opened his eyes. He saw chariots and horses of fire that were surrounding the prophet. Because that was the real thing to look at. If you look how big your problem is, or your obstacle in your life, you will get depressed, scared, and you will fail. If you look how big Jesus is in the midst of your problem, you get out of it. And this is what God is telling me to tell you. Look how big it is in your finances. Look how big Jesus is for you. What he can do for you in the situation you're in. So where you're looking will determine the effectiveness of the help you get. If you trust in chariots, you will fail. Because they're temporary. If you trust in the Lord, he can make anything happen for you. What you're looking at will determine the outcome of your journey. So if you're looking at your past mistakes or your failures in the past or the things that you've done, even your successes in your past, you may miss the point in the future. You may miss your blessing and your success in the future. 
God says he knows the plans that are, he has for you. This is just to say the good days are still ahead of you. Your good days, your days of success are still coming for you. Don't look back. Don't look back. Want to quickly tell you the first important job I had in Canada 12 years ago. You know, God can save you, can bless you in spite of your own mistakes and ignorance, like me. I got a job in core telematics, that was telecommunication. That, I needed that job. The VP flew from Toronto and he came, we had a nice interview. And at the end, he wanted somebody to start early here so we can have some meetings with him. So he asked me, uh, are you, uh, are you, can you start at 8? I said, yeah, I'm usually awake at 6, at 5. I can be there anytime. He looked at me and said, oh, wow, you're an early bird. So it was winter. I had this old feather jacket. That was losing some feathers. So I made sure before the meeting that I got rid of all the feathers that I, I had on my shirt. So some of you think that English is easy. It's not. <laughs> so I got in the meeting. I say, you're an early bird. I say, what? Absolutely not. Because that was the first time I heard that item. I didn't know what he meant. I said, what kind of bird is it? Is it a chicken or duck or something? What is he talking about? I'm not a bird. And he laughed like crazy. I left the meeting, took that jacket in the bin. <laughs> What's up, man? God, why did you bring me here? Now I'm so tired. I really didn't know that. That jacket, I just I threw it away. <laughs> What's called? Went back home and said, God, what is it? Oh. So I went and checked my email. I said, okay, first, let me see what kind of early bird. What, what is that? Is that a cow or something? I need to see. So I went to check online. What is an early bird? Somebody who wakes up early says, oops. <laughs> and immediately I got an email from the boss. I said, I had the best interview ever. You hired. And because you have these skills to make people laugh, you hire not as a team member, but you hire like a lead team member. <laughs> thank you. I'll be there on Monday. <laughs> Say, Lord, thank you. Uh, Sorry for my ignorance, but yeah, thanks. You saved me. Like, <laughs> God can bless you in spite of yourself, in spite of your own mistakes. God doesn't have a checklist. I say, you remember what you did? Uh, this time I'm not going to bless you. By the time you repent, God has forgotten all these things. And this is a word for some of you. Forget what is in the past. Look forward. God has something good for you. Which leads me quickly to my second point. And as I told you, I'm on a no-sugar diet, so I'm not going to talk too much. Just keep quiet. The eyes of God watching over you. These are statements. It's not that the Bible says that if you pray, God will do this. He's just saying statement that the Lord will keep your foot. To, your foot. He will watch over you. He doesn't slumber. He watches over Israel. He'll be your shade and your protection. And in the future, he will keep you from all harms. He will continue to watch over you. He will continue to watch over your coming in and going out every day. 
This is the privilege of those the Lord are keeping. But those are not just everybody. The Bible says that in the eyes of law, looking from the evil and the good ones. To the good ones, the Lord has grace. Psalm 34 says in verse 15, The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards his cry. Who is righteous? The one who has Jesus in his life. The Bible says that we all have sinned and come short of his glory. No one, none of us qualifies from the blessing we just talking about. It's only through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that in Jesus we have in, an inheritance from God. We have received something from God because of Jesus. Do you know that the, everything that Jesus has, everything that God has are yours in Jesus Christ. We have received all this in Jesus Christ. And if today you're not quite in Jesus, deep psalm is not really applying to you. But I want to encourage you today to step in and follow Jesus and get all this and say this psalm is mine. You can claim those things saying they are yours. Let's finish. Where are our eyes looking at right now? I know how serious our problems can be. When you go to the doctor, he tells you some sort of names of diseases or problems that you have. Sometimes they abbreviate because it's too long, it's crazy. RTDPC, and it's too high. I say, okay, it doesn't mean anything for me, but yeah, you know. Or do you look at the God who is in this place, who can split Water. He can give you a boat to cross the river. Or he can just split the water for you so you can walk into it. This is the God we're talking about. Do you want to stay in his grace? Stick in the presence of God. Stick in Jesus Christ. And set your eyes above the hills. May God bless you. Amen.